the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, pick your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Insurance Asia podcast. I'm your host Scott Pugh and this week we've got a really great episode. We invite back on the director of the North Face Adventure Racing Team uh, based out of Hong Kong, Mr Ryan Blair, who we've had on the podcast uh, episode 10 talking about his own experience leading the the North Face team and crazy uh, background of traveling, exploring around the world. He kind of epitomizes the North Face brand of never stop exploring. And uh, we catch up with this week off the back of UTMB and his team's performance and sort of recap exactly what went down in Chamonix and uh, yeah, so just the most incredible weekend of ultra running. And I think for any of those that any endurance sports you're into, if you're able to follow it, it really was a momentous occasion, you know, with the with the records being broken, with Killian absolutely crushing it, the goat of ultra running, it has to be. And uh, and yeah, it was just, it, it was really special. And it was a mixed weekend for, for Ryan and his team. But fundamentally, they all finished. They all put in great performances. Maybe not to the level they, way they would have expected, but still world-class performances from Asian athletes. And uh, and Samaya from, from Nepal... 23 years old getting on the uh, getting second spot in triple c like we have a superstar not just in the making in reality so very very good to hear ryan's perspective on on what uh, how the race went for her how her preparation went and what the future holds which it's bright let me tell you it's bright um catch up with rick we did the interview with uh rick and i did the interview with ryan i had a cold mic my mic wasn't working so the audio on my side's not great um so apologies for that you can still hear it but uh but basically you're hearing my audio through uh, through a rick's microphone um but it wasn't about me it wasn't about hearing my voice it's about hearing from ryan what a cool dude i just you know even though they had mixed weekends it's fair to say just his positivity his enthusiasm you can see why he's such a great leader of this team you can see why they love working with him why he's so inspirational and why he gets the performances out of his athletes and uh and yeah always always great to catch up with him uh I recommend checking out their uh, their YouTube channel, the North Face Adventure Racing Team. They've got some really great content coming from UTMB this weekend. But yeah, enjoy this recap, this episode with Ryan, and uh, and at the end, Rick and I catch up with the, what's been going on in the in the Asia uh, endurance scene. So with that, here is Mr. Ryan Blair. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Mr. Ryan Blair, it's uh, it's so good to see you again, sir, and see you surrounded by the mountains after an epic weekend in in uh, in Chamonix and around Mont Blanc. Um, mate, it's a uh, yeah, it's a pleasure, and we uh, 
We're good to welcome you back on the Endurance Asia podcast. Um, mate, how's it going? Like, how's uh, your, your two days off the back of um, what I reckon has been one of the most epic weekends in the history of trail running? Like, it, it really, everyone that I know in the trail running community have just been glued to the screens and the, you just see everything blowing up on the socials, world records being broken. Mate, how, how's, the, how's it been on the ground there? Oh, just incredible. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, as we were talking a little bit before we started recording, um, you know, this year I also uh, participated um, in the OCC before things, you know, got really full on with the team, with the support and, and coordinating film crews and all the rest of it. And um, I was, you know, I, of course, I, you know, I've experienced the finish and the start and all that before and stuff, but to, to actually run one of the races and see what's going on with, every village being out there and it really is like you know felt like the tour de france of trail running and every you know from grandma to little kid with the cowbells and with you know just the energy you get um all along the way is is just huge and then um having the live of course i, I think you were watching right the live tv coverage has improved so much so that um just adds a whole nother level of buzz and following and yeah, and then, yeah, the event was just, you know, it was probably, I mean, I think without question, the most competitive field in history here. Um, so, and just with, co you know, post-COVID, things opening up finally, and a lot of the, you know, having the mainland Chinese back, who, of course, missed, you know, missed uh, last year, and um, just, you know, really almost every big name in the sport. And, and also the brands, you know, the, the brands have all just, up their game in terms of their yeah. presence here in terms of their support and team so yeah man it was freaking epic yeah <laughs> and talking about so like obviously you representing the north face adventure racing team this is the a team for asia that you pulled together and is this the fourth or fifth time you've taken a, a team to to umtv utmb so we we've been involved with our team because you know our team goes back 17 years um yeah. And we sent Stone here several years. And Stone, That's of course, fair. was, you know, the, yeah, he was he was really the first Chinese, um, you know, to really kind of put this, I think, this race on on the in people's, um, you know, on in their minds back in Asia, because, you know, when I say Chinese, I don't just mean Hong Kong Chinese, you know, mainland Taiwanese, Hong Kong. He was, the you know, the first one to crack the top 20 um, of any Chinese, um, you know, background and he did it several times. He, he competed here at God, is it four or five times? Um, and so that was early on also that when the race was, you know, it's, it's like going back almost 15 years maybe. And so anyways, but we never, um, it, it wasn't like a whole team thing where we were able to bring in, you know, like, like, like we are now with multiple athletes. We had, you know, four here this year, we had, uh, three here last year and then 2019 we had also four so um with you know david from malaysia and also also joining us so really the goal is to is if our athletes especially if they're you know ranked number one in their country we got we got to do all we can to get them here and be part of this um it really is the de facto world championships of the sport um so yeah we got you know we got a fair amount of experience now and um, it feels every year feels more and more um, not necessarily easier, but just familiar and 
um, confidence level. Confidence level going into this year was huge for the whole team. You know, we came early as well. We can talk about that maybe later. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, and so do you want to just like recap some of the results? So that I, what you obviously kicked off with the OCC to begin with, which is I think it's like madness. I can only imagine the amount of logistics that must have gone into this whole week, like setting up the house, making sure all the train, all, all the athletes are ta- tapering properly, they're all being fed, got all their kit and everything, and also throwing that in, throwing OCC in just before that, when you're supporting three athletes that are actually, four athletes that are running the um, uh, three <laughs> UTMB and one triple C, like, are you mad? Yeah, I, I, I... I knew it was going to be mad. And, you know, I, I mentioned to you before, um, it's, uh, I think my experience in the sport of adventure racing, especially expedition racing, where, you know, you're out there sometimes for five to seven days on averaging, uh, um, maybe two to three hours sleep a night. And it, I think that prepared me well for this kind of thing. So, um, I, uh, yeah, it, it was, it kind of felt like a four, a, a three or a four day, expedition race <laughs> um but i was careful with my race at the occ you know i that was never planned I, i'd won my age group in spain at the valderon that the prize was getting a ticket to the to the occ so i kind of like ah, I, you know i gotta take it and i knew be, being the day before of ccc and and utmp i knew it was a little bit um it was gonna add a little bit of pressure uh and then it turned out I didn't have a good race at all. I, I, I just had done too much training with the team and, and, and their recce's and stuff. And just, it was, which was, which was fine. It was, for me, it was, the focus wasn't on me here. It was, that was more kind of a fun thing and experience. And of course I wanted to do well, but you know, had, had ended up having stomach issues, but the first thing was just the legs were not there. Um, but the main thing was when I knew my race was unraveling, which was only like an hour into it, I knew there was like <laughs> seven hours seven seven hours left i was like you know i i reached a point like halfway where i'm like ryan just be smart here don't don't just you can't you're going to be destroyed at the finish no matter what but don't you can't afford to be i mean like in the hospital or, or just like you know completely wrecked so it was good to get through that uh and and kind of finish slowly easily because i yeah it was straight into the, the the next you know six o'clock the next morning we're up and we're heading to the start of the ccc and i mean gosh what a i mean it kind of after the we'll talk in detail probably you know about sumaya's performance and but it was after what she did <clears throat> you know second second fastest time in the history of the race <laughs> i mean after what she did, it was like, it's kind of, uh, no matter what happened, the rest of the event with the guys and UTB and everything, it was, it was already just a huge success for us this year. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's kick off with Samaya as well, because she's, uh, she's only 23. Like we, we'd known her about her for you, you like, she was in a race in Hong Kong. You did. Yeah. She, she ran, she ran Sai Kung in 2017, I think. And I remember her passing me early on mm-hmm. and then didn't see her again until she won the race outright so she would have only been like a teenager then right yeah i mean how old she is she now been, yeah like yeah she's she's 20 she's 23 so kind of her kind of in a nutshell her story you know is i mean it's a wonderful story it's it's you know she was at age 16 or 17 she she you know she 
her future in her small village high in the mountains at like 2,800 meters or whatever was, was going to be like an arranged marriage and basically, you know, farming, which, you know, which is, it's the normal thing there. It's not, not like anything abnormal, but she had taken part in some, in some school races, just like some fun thing, I think at school or something. And she, she just, she, she was, she knew that she loved running and she was good at it and she wanted to be an athlete. And she was really lucky where there was like a dirt track and like a running club in the next town over from her in Joomla. And the guy who ran that was one of the kind of like old school successful marathon runners in Nepal. And he, he really, um, Harry, he really took her under his wing and, the whole kind of system there is more trying to gear towards, you know, track racing and maybe doing 10 Ks and, and maybe the eventually like a marathon or something. So it's not, it's not geared towards trail running or anything or mountain running, but um, she was able to get involved in that and, and, and move to Joomla. And that's kind of where things started. And then she, she had a lot of people help her um, the last several years. And, you know, especially this guy, Richard, um, who, who is one of the leading race organizers in Nepal, he, he gave her like a free entry to some races and saw the results and the potential. And they, they got her, you know, here and there to, they raised, you know, some, some money and kind of here and there got her to a few, um, a few overseas races and stuff like that. So that's why she came to Hong Kong. She did trail walker with a net, all Nepalese girl team one year too. Um, and so she, but she never had a light. So she, you could see this world-class potential with some of her results and stuff, but she just never had this, uh, a, a real team support, a real a system around her from, from physiotherapy to, 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 to proper coaching to everything else you need when you're at a race and all that. And when I, it was actually Pav, I think, you know, maybe Pav, he's a, a, a journalist and also a trail runner himself who lived in China many years. He, he knew her from bringing her to a China race and he, he was, you know, he's a friend of mine and he, he was the one that's like, Ryan, I mean, this, you're like, she, she needs your team. So, you know, like she just be perfect. And I, I've been looking for a, a woman with world-class potential for several years. Um, Cause we hadn't signed a new woman in a while. And that's something that was, I definitely wanted to do, but I just wanted, I wanted to be the right, you know, the right person. And more than anything with the team, you know, after all these years, like, using our for me for me using our team um to really not just give you know race opportunities for for athletes that have potential but i want to help change their lives i want to help i want to see trail running and sport really um have the chance to change their lives and and see it a fire in their eyes as an athlete where they're going to take advantage of the opportunity and so with samaya that was definitely you know what i saw and that that's a, about a year and a half ago or two years ago um you know brought her on the team and it was during covid so the whole thing was a bit i mean i actually just in the in the end i just paid out of my own pocket to help her and stuff because sponsors were like oh but she can't race she's over in nepal like why should we be supporting her and i'm like listen guys she's got this she got world-class potential I, I i said forget it i'm i'll support her you guys will see and then you'll be <laughs> Mark my words. Then they'll be and, queuing uh, up. They'll be queuing up, and and the price has just <laughs> gone up as well, isn't it, Ryan? And <laughs> the sponsorship fees are going up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, this. Like I, I told her at the finish line. I mean, 
Thailand already had changed her life. You know, her result winning yeah, the she, um, she Thailand. Did, um, she she podiumed the overall race at UTMB for Thailand, and obviously came first woman. Like what a run! And she only it was just Jay ahead of her, and yeah, I forget who else was ahead of her. But what, yeah. what an amazing run that was! Oh, and to you know to beat to beat Mira Rai, the most famous you know name in Nepal for trail running. You know, beat her by two or three hours, and then and then she. She caught she, the guy, she, the French guy she caught at the end of the race was top 30 men UTMB here. Yeah. Last year. So she showed her world class potential in that race. And it was such a, I mean, it was life changing. She went back to Nepal. She was like on the, you know, morning national news. She was parade, paraded around her her region and given like some extra money from the, from the local government, all kinds of stuff happened. That was really cool. And really, you know, I think, um, you know, life changing. And, and, but now I can't wait to see, um, what's going to happen. We, she flies back today and, uh, it'll be cool to see just the, you know, where things go from here. And, and yeah, I mean, it, she was, as you well know, right. It was one of the, one of the stories of the whole event. Um, the way that she, just she she ran the perfect race just fearless um but i must step i must step back uh go i honestly we didn't even know if she was going to be on the start line yeah um she had she had this really good training block preparation we kept we kept her in nepal and didn't bring her early to europe because we knew it'd be more comfortable for her at home she already has plenty of elevation there to get ready for this you know this course here and we brought her with the plan was to bring her in like, like uh, two weeks or, you know, like 12 days before have a, have a good um, three days of reckeys and then have a nice taper and everything. And um, it w all was going perfect until like less than two months before the race. I'm trying to think maybe it was like seven weeks before she, I get this message and she's totally um, blown up her Achilles tendon. And, I mean, that's an injury that, you know, that can end your season, if not your year. And luckily, you know, Andy, our coach consultant in Australia, and I very quickly just like, you know, managed her situation in Nepal and in terms of what to do and, and like completely stopped running. I flew her to Kathmandu, found I got like the best, uh, this this lovely um, lady named Priti is, is one of our key people on the ground in Kathmandu who's been excuse me, helping with a lot of local things for her. And we, we tracked down like the, the best physiotherapist we could in, in Kathmandu. And he, he, we kept her there for two weeks. We did treatment. We very gradually got her on a treadmill, got her on um, just walking and uh, had like maybe a week or so of running again and getting things moving. And um, it was just like, you know, every day it's like, okay, is it going to just blow up? Because you know how the Achilles is. I mean, it's just like I, I had a for seven years Achilles issues and, and it's just like nightmare. Um, and uh, yeah, we so, so much drama. I mean, I'm just trying to make it short if I can. But anyways, we, we so we, we went even on the airplane, you know, get, getting her here during the, re the reckeys was really going to be her final really test of uphill running to where, God, is it going to hold? And it, I was just holding my breath, you know, each day on the reckeys and, and it totally held. And I mean, 
it helps a lot when you're 23, you know, as far as how fast you can, you can recover. And I think just being really careful and, and sometimes, sometimes when you get injured like that and you have actually a break, it actually, your body recovers kind of even more and you kind of reboot. And as long as you can have a little bit of window to get that final training block in, I mean, we only had a, a couple of weeks to play with, but it all worked and the recce's went so good. And I, I mean, I could see on the recce's, okay, I mean, this is going to be exciting. I just, the worry was, does she have the distance in her legs, you know? Yeah. Um, and we were only we were able to, and it was great. Chung, having Chung here was great too. He kind of was like big brother on a couple of the runs. He joined her and stuff. And um, and and anyway, the you know we managed to get a, a, a like a thirty nine k run in, which was kind of like her longest run in like a month. Um, and then a couple of shorter you know shorter runs, and it, it just it obviously it all worked. You know, it was just but to have that. You know, most people didn't know that was going on behind the scenes, and that, 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 to, for her to to run the set the second fastest time in the history of the race, uh, I mean, and the way, uh, I just it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and only to so she came second overall in the race, and so yeah, it, it was the fastest year ever. But how, how did the race play out, Ryan? What was the uh, yeah? Uh, and and I'd like from following it, she was just it was. Very, it was neck and neck at the front of the um, at the front of the field. There, so like she she definitely was was giving it a push for the top of the podium. Oh yeah, she. I mean, and she, her. Our game plan was like you know, it was like, was just Samai. You got to run this first, um, it, you know, especially to Lafui. So forty k, you know, that's over the, the first two big climbs. You know, the the out of Cormayor start and then. Um, over Grand Colferre, and then it's like a long, the longest downhill in the race. Um, that was, I mean, super key just to be smooth through there. But I mean, I so here she was, like in you know, in in third place, and I'm like, God, I hope this is smooth. <laughs> um, and you know, or, so she was right in right in the top three, four off the off the gun, and she she actually she didn't realize it though. She thought she was a bit further back, and um. And then she, the first time I could see her was the 54K mark in Champé-Lac. And that's when she finally realized, like, wow, okay, I'm, like, in third. And she was right with the girl in second. So she came in there, and you could just see. I mean, it was, like, her. In, I, I'd never I've, – I've rarely seen somebody so locked in, so focused. So it was, such a, it was so cool to see. And we, we have a behind-the-scenes video where we filmed in the CPs and stuff. It's going to be released probably this weekend. Um, and it'll be fun for people to see just her. I mean, you'll, you'll see her eyes. It's just incredible. And so she stormed through she, her, her three transitions, give you an idea how like locked in she was, how she, everyone was 60 seconds or less. Wow. Just in, in, incredible. And so and I suppose that was you helping out at those, at those checkpoints as well. Just like, Doing your adventure racing transition, right? Put up puddles, <laughs> stick this food in. Here, I eat that, and like she basically just sits there like a Formula One car while while you're running around. And but uh, but yeah, how, was it just you, or did you have a few other support crew in the um uh, you, helping out? You you could only have one person as the rule here. So um, 
it, yeah, I mean, I'm there, but I mean, it's, 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 it's coordination, it's teamwork, but she has to make that decision. She's got options and what to take with her. What, how's her stomach feeling? Is it Coke? Is it water? Is it both? Is it sports drink? Is it what brand of gel is feeling the, you know, what flavor? So I'm just trying to have as many options available. Of course, we're trying to not make it too crazy. So it's not, you know, um, not too, not too chaotic, but, um, yeah, like I said, you'll, you'll see in the video. I mean, it's just like she's so locked and just boom, boom, boom. And and I'm, I'm trying to help as much as I can. And just uh, but it was really more her than me that just was um, if super efficient, super pro in her transitions. And then once she heard once she heard she was in third and, you know, then she the next the next CP, she's in second. I mean, it was just like she had she was just surging with adrenaline. And, and, and then it's a matter of, well, how far ahead is first and. I mean, like, uh, I forget. I mean, I need to look. I need to look at the data again. But she came into that last CP in Balachine, and I mean, like, that's only that's not eight, eighteen or nineteen k to go in the course, and one more big climb. She put like nine or ten minutes or something into the leader on the final climb, and this girl is already on record pace out in front who who had a 25 minute gap at one point um she sumaya claws it back to two minutes at the last cp on before the final downhill and by then it turned dark and i mean we were trying we were trying to follow on tv and they uh, the, the camera they didn't have enough cameras at that point. it was it was a bit unfortunate there's a bit of a window there where they lost the front of the race but it would mean that insane battle because the UTMB had already started right so they had some cameras over there but um she um the girl I, it's funny I talked to her at the finish the French girl who won saw her headlight and it was just like oh and she just like she's like I can't she just couldn't fucking believe it because she's on uh sorry my language she she's she's on um record pace and then not, yeah this girl catches her and then that <sighs> record pace the history of the race and she's like Jesus. And she, so she just like found that she managed to find another gear and just leg it downhill. Sumaya is so fast downhill. She's chasing and the girl just held it, held it out. And, and, and I think she, I think it was four or four minutes or so in the end. Um, but what a exciting finish and, and yeah. <laughs> for both of them, you know, under the record and yeah. Yes. Yeah, cool. Blandine Lirandelle was the uh, yeah was the the French lady that won it. But yeah, I mean, within four or five minutes, um, to be able to claw that back from twenty five minutes behind with a couple of oh. yeah, with like twenty five k to go or twenty k eighteen k to go. Why? What? What's next for her? Like, where do you see her career going? She's twenty three, mate. She's like she is nowhere near her prime. She's got yeah. ten years. Yeah, she I mean, comes anywhere near her. Prime. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the key, the key is is the key number one is just to make sure she stays healthy and that she enjoys this, you know, and and that's why I, I, it's such a you know she has to be she has to really be part of the decisions and discussions about what she wants to do and all that. And I think not trying to push her into the hundred mile distance too early, you know, if if she you know if she ever wants to do that, right? But obviously she's got total like you know, raw potential to, to, to win a race like the UTMB at the longer, even longer distance. But I think hundred K for her right now is plenty long enough. And, um, 
it's only her it's only like her i think her second solo uh hundred you know um she did you know because trail walkers a team race so i mean she's only done a couple hunt that distance to begin with and so yeah let, let's um let's you know let's let's keep her healthy let's um um and 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 in the short term um thailand i think she'll do the 100k again in thailand december um and um that'll be kind of i think that for the rest of the year the main focus there is there's also the um the trail and mountain running world championships in chiang mai which is a great opportunity but yeah. with that race I, you know all this kind of political stuff with the running associations and all that it just totally um is is so not in the spirit of helping the athletes in the best way oftentimes, because if you don't have me, I don't even think Nepal has an official association or if it does, it's, it's just not thing. They should let anybody enter those, that race, regardless if they have a, a, you know, a track and field or association body that's, that's, that's set up and can officially send them under their national flag and all that. So, I mean, I, we're still looking into that. The same thing with Stingray too in the Philippines is not clear whether, and even with, even with Chung and Hong Kong, like the Hong Kong, whatever they are, athletic associations, they're the ones that have the right to choose. And the whole thing is just a mess in my opinion. So that, yeah, the Mount, it's just kind of a shame, but hopefully the mountain and trail running world championships in November, that does get kind of sorted out with benefiting athletes more and getting there without the politics of these associations. If that is the case, hopefully she's a, she's in Thailand for the, for two big events uh, um, at the end of the year. Yeah, how's how's her body holding up a couple of days out, Ryan? Do the Achilles just didn't flare up at all? Dude, no, it perfect, nothing at all, and and she's she's feeling great. Yeah, actually, yesterday we were in the backyard here, and she was out walking around somewhere, and some some dog. You know, she's so small. Some huge dog started chasing her, and she came she came sprinting back. I like. I couldn't believe how fast she was running. After, you know, it's only a few days, and <laughs> she, she, uh, um, yeah, luckily she didn't get bitten. But no, she feels great. She's in such good. She's over the moon right now. She's in such good spirits and just soaking, soaking it all up. So yeah, it looks That's good awesome. for her. Um, yeah, we need we need a link to that physio in Kathmandu. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, what? Yeah, go what ahead. A, um, what a performance, though. I mean. I, and and after that, going into UTMB, you must have be thinking, right, one down, one podium done. What are we going to do next? And uh, and how is it? So you had Wong Ho Chung, Jay, or, or Quadzilla, as I remember you used to call him, and uh, and Stingray. Um, so Jay from the from Thailand, and uh, and uh, John Ray Alifa um, from the Philippines. And how are they? Uh, how are they all doing going into the race? Because you'd spent a what? Whereas Samara only arrived a couple of weeks before or twelve days before, the rest of the team had actually been in the Alps for for a bit of time, right? So they hadn't been preparing in uh, in the heat of Hong Kong. Although I do remember seeing Chung did like five hundred kilometers, five a hundred kilometers a day, five days running or something, didn't he? Back in July, so that was fairly close. I mean, his legs must have been. Um, yeah, pretty done in after that um, that escapade. But yeah, how was the training block for the for the rest of the team going into UTMB? Um, yeah, I mean the whole idea was to get the boys here 
all early to, to Europe, at least like seven weeks. And to, um, we'd never done that before. Give them the best chance of success uh, to really live, breathe and stay in, in the Alps longer. And um, yeah, and part of that was doing the Valderon race. Uh, Chung and the Inn couldn't do the race. Uh, didn't work out. But, um, you know, Jay and, and Stingray did the there was that typhoon in Hong Kong and that kind of delayed everything. So we missed some altitude training days that really would have helped. So the guys really suffered with the altitude in the end of that race, but it was just nice to get still like a, a, a race under the legs in Europe. And, um, Chung then came out soon after. And then we got him on, you know, that whole personal, amazing, uh, two week, you know, really like a running expedition that he did you know, the GR five, um, that was, that was just, you know, beautiful. And, and in terms of base training, it was actually really, I think, I think it worked out really good for him. Um, he, cause he, he didn't, he didn't come out of it with any injuries. He, he managed his pace. He did it in two weeks. It was very, very tough, but he, he, you know, Chung, um, you know, overall, all the guys didn't have the result they wanted, right? And in, 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 for a different reason, you know, each of them, um, kind of, I can kind of walk through what happened and stuff. But they, but yeah, with with Chung, with Chung in particular, I think, I think Chung really kind of, <laughs> you know, Chung's just like a machine. You look at what he's done with four trails and then running five hundred kilometers in five days in Hong Kong in the middle of like summer heat in in May. Yeah, uh, crazy, I mean, yeah. some of the, I mean crazy endurance feats this guy's done and, and even at gr5 i mean it had like a hundred thousand feet of elevation you know over 30 about 30 000 meters and i mean it was nuts but he um i think chung finally kind of found his limit um <laughs> af <laughs> after 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 gr5 he actually did uh he, he did another training block that was probably too much he did another like a 50 K and a hundred K between that and UTMB. And I, I, I just don't think that was totally necessary. He could have done just a little bit more speed work and not quite as much volume. He was on some of the reckies too with the team. And so all that combined, he, he was good for a hundred K, but then it was, it, he, you know, like I said, he, 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 he reached, he realized there's a limit and, he he dug he had to dig really hard to get that you know like he's still finishing just about 24 hours got 33rd i mean remarkable considering what he you know what he had to um how he had to pull through and and just with everything he had in his legs but it really it really came the last few hours for him was um extremely tough cramping he even you know stopped he, i mean he never stops he had to stop several times and just like you know gather himself and and so mentally probably dug deeper than he i mean has ever and also physically i think as well so i mean amazing real honestly what he did he, he but he but he definitely you know how it is the it's it's great to be on you know the podium and all that but i mean it's like when the, when the races when the races don't go well the learning is like 10 times more valuable. Right. Yeah. And he, he, he's walking away with a huge, a huge, um, a huge amount of experience of, of just what the limit of what he can do and just, you know, and, and everything. And it's not, 
but he didn't, you know, Chung didn't have really anything to prove to begin with. So, I mean, he's podium two times the last two UTMB before this is like, what more does he need to do here? So it was, it was also kind of a fun risk for him. Okay. What it's, you know, it's always this, it's always that knife edge of peak performance and recovery. And where is that edge for each athlete? And there's so many factors beside, you know, obviously age is one of them. So it's constantly shifting as you get older and also just how much you've done, not just in the last, you know, two months, but I mean, in the last few years in terms of just your body, you know, and that's kind of what happened with Stingray. I can talk a little bit, but you have to, and it's, it's always just a knife edge and you, and it's so hard to know if you're going to nail it. Um, because when you're doing that kind of volume, like, like in Stingray's case, he felt, he felt so, um, so strong, you know, going into the race because he'd been doing this, this huge training block. I mean, he's like, he's like strong as strong as he's ever been, but you can get through a hundred K's and, and have a short taper and really just nail it. But when you're talking a hundred mile, it just, if you're not, it just, that knife edge gets sharper and sharper <laughs> in terms of having enough time to, to get, to feel strong that entire distance, 170 K and, and yeah, that's yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, and for, so for stick, yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, right. So, did Andy Dubois was he working with the entire team on their on their coaching plans through these chain, training blocks as well? No, he um, Andy has been just wonderful as a, as a really like a, like a coach consultant for the team. Yeah. Um, and his role is really to come in as athletes need him, and especially work with the younger athletes and those that are not as experienced. But somebody like Chung. Um, has been racing at such a high level for, you know, 10 years. He knows his body, you know, he, he's a, he's a coach himself. Yeah. Um, so, but it's still, of course, we always can get, you know, opinions and stuff, but Andy was focusing on Sumaya and Stingray. Yeah. Um, and so moving on to Stingray, um, he, He's done really well in Triple C before. I remember he sort of like he put in a good race, uh, I think 2019 in, in Triple C, right? Um, and this was his first full UTMB. Uh, I know, so he did, he, he already did 2021 UTMB, but DNF, right? Yeah. So his yeah. kind of yeah. his perfect distance, I always saw him as like 100K was kind of his sweet spot, like his sort of like 70 to 100K. And, and so after him doing UTMB last time, did you think, oh, look, maybe the Maybe the hundred mile distance isn't really what we should be aiming for for um, for Stingray. Maybe we should be sticking to the the kind of mid distance ultra. Or um, yeah, but I suppose after DNFing, was he like, I've got to come back and uh, and, and take this on? Yeah, and 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 more than and, and more than that, after that race, we had this great opportunity with um, UTMB Thailand for stingray and, and and it was there's was no question utb thailand he was going to do the 100 miles he had a point to prove he knew because last year stingray's issue was he went a bunch of injuries ongoing niggles and injuries in the summer um and in the spring so he came into utmb just under trained and, and we knew it was like but he's already lot he's already it's already he's already in the race. It's already committed. And it was like, okay, let's just, let's, you know, 
we knew it was going to be risky and he he come he came around right the last uh, couple months so he's obviously still got some we didn't we didn't like put him on the start line like injured or something but he just didn't get the training block the longer uh distance that he that he or longer distances that he really needed in that training block so after last year's year tmb he really wanted to go to UTMB Thailand and do the hundred mile, even though he, he, he could have chosen the hundred K and um, he absolutely tore the roof off that race. I mean, in terms of his performance, he, I mean, world-class, he finished second. He, he chased, he chased the top, like he chased the fifth rank hundred miler in the world, the whole way around that course in Thailand. And he finished only like tw- he finished only like 20 minutes uh, or something back. Um, and yeah, so that was for him a career changing moment where he's like, yeah, I can do the hundred mile distance too, but I can also sure do 50 K hundred K. So um, going into this year, like huge confidence after December's Thailand um, performance. And then also, being two months in Europe, doing some bigger training blocks at higher altitude. And he honestly, going into the race, Stingray had the best lead up of anybody, you know, because Chung, mm. we knew Chung was going to, Chung was going to be risky overdoing it with everything going on with the G- GR5 and all that. Jay got COVID, which we can talk about in, in a minute. Um, and yeah, so Stingray, I mean, he, he, he did like two, he had, he did a couple of like 200 kilometer, 10,000 meter weeks um, in his buildup. I mean, and felt great, like recovering well, felt great. And, um, but what happened was he, we were really trying to, I mean, ultimately it's the, you know, the advice and coaching that I give. And of course, Andy also gives it's, it's, it's ultimately the, the athlete is living in their own body. They have to make some final decisions themselves. And I think with Stingray, he, he just was so overexcited and eager and feeling so strong. He just, he needed like one more week taper um, because he got a hundred, he got like a hundred K into it and he lost his legs and he, and he shouldn't, he shouldn't have, he may, he also, he also, you know, started really fast that could have affected, but he didn't feel like, Oh, he, he didn't like try to stay with the lead pack. So it, it's not like he totally cooked himself. And he, he said he felt smooth. Um, although, you know, he, he was battling you look at their, their time is insane. Nine hours into Cormayor. I mean, Oh my, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, you know, the first 80 K. So, yeah. Where did think, where um, did he finish up in the end, Stingray? What was his uh, what was his final time and position? He 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 ended up at 80th. Um and but he was Jay and him were like Jay, Jay and him were like 14th and 15th, like halfway through or something. They were right in the mix. They were so in position to have the race of their lives. And Stingray just lost his legs. And it was weird. It was more on the on the downhills that was bothering him. His leg just seizing up, and it, that shouldn't. If you're doing 200 kilometer training weeks, that there's no way that should be happening at like 80, 100 k. Um, so, he, I think he just needed a bit more recovery, and maybe maybe he could have pulled off the gas a little bit in the first like the first 30 k. Um, 
but again, I mean, huge learning for him, um, you know, experience. And he was the thing about Stinger that was so nice. Um, Scott is he, he was so determined to finish, even though his whole race unraveled, he, he was, he was walking every downhill for the last like six hours or something walking like slow walk. And he, and he still finishes in the top hundred, probably the top, probably the best finish in the history of his country. Um, so, and, and he, and he did it with a smile, you know, whereas last year he was so disappointed, he was so disappointed when things didn't work out. He, he, you know, he, he basically stopped and, I can't run anymore. Why should I run? I can't run. I mean, why should I continue? I can't, I can't run, you know, totally different attitude. He, he, he stuck it out and he had a lot of um, supporters, you know, behind him and stuff, not just our team, but you know, Filipinos like here in Europe as well as back home. And it was so nice to see him just stick it through, finish the race and with, you know, he, with a smile. And so it, it's still a real positive experience, but you know, he, he was gunning for the podium. That was his, he was and in, in his, in his mind. And, and I mean, mentally and physically, he, he's, he's totally has podium, you know, potential. He's still 31 as well, Ryan. I mean, he's still like, he's still got yet to find his, uh, his absolute prime as well. So he'll learn a lot from, um, from, from this race. And it's good to see him stepping up to the, the mile of distance. I mean, I think, Yes, second came second position in the UTMB for Thailand. Twenty two hours, like it, that goes to show what he could, what he can do. Like so, yeah, excited to uh, to see what uh, what the next couple of years, next few years holds for him. And like he's a legend in Philippines. Like they absolutely like worship him as well, don't they? So he's like the Manny Manny Pacquiao of trail running, isn't he? For the for the Philippines. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. And, and then moving on, last, uh, lastly, uh, Jay, um, who's, uh, yeah, he ran the 100K at the UTMB for Thailand. Um, he's also, how many times has he run um, UTMB before? It's, it's a couple of times, right, that he's... Uh, that he's... This is, yeah, this, this was his, his, this was his, third, his third time. Um, Jay, um, you know, Jay had, Jay's, you know, Jay had the, like Jay and myself both got COVID. It was kind of, um, I mean, it was, it was obviously unfortunate, but also we were lucky. It happened early enough where it didn't like, I mean, totally wreck our, our prepper. I mean, cause for me too, I was trying to cram in so much training. I, I lost three weeks. Um, and Jay, Jay probably lost two weeks. He, you know, being younger than me, he, he bounced back a bit quicker. Um, the, the um the b5 symptoms weren't very mild in france <laughs> but um at least for me but um anyway yeah, he lost two weeks of training so that was a bit of a hiccup in his preparation in europe but he still got i think he still got what he needed in it wasn't perfect but he went into the race confident he's got all of his experience under his belt and he had such a a great first um you know 80k and a core mayor he's like in the top 20 he's like He's uh, feeling, uh, you know, nine hours also um, feeling smooth, was not like very calm. Um, but Jay, you know, I don't want to say, I mean, it, it, it definitely is just a little bit of bad luck, but also a little bit of just, it's just like the reality of this sport is probably the biggest reason people DNF is because their stomach, you know, and he, 
I, I read in that note from Gillian. I read in his on his Facebook post. He said like UTMB is like an eating competition. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, and and Jay, like he has to change something. And we and we did a big review yesterday and analyzed everything that went in his stomach from his pre race meal to when he started throwing up, and because he was smooth all the way eighty k into Cormayor. I was actually there because uh, him and Stingray came in more or less together and he was looked great, felt great. Um, it was on the next climb out of Cormier near the top that something, you know, something went wrong. And, 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 you know, was it just the too many different kinds of food that he mixed together? Um, that could have been one thing. Maybe he had a little, a little bit too much, um, yeah, he drank some Coke a little bit early and sometimes, you know, that can, but I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Um, we, we, we still need, he needs to really experiment. I, I think overall he needs to probably simplify, he simplify what he takes. Chung does such a good job of this where he just, I mean, makes it really like, you know, 50% of his nutrition will be one thing. And then like a, a few other things and just like, try to minimize the chance of like too many different things in the, in the, in the, in the stomach. Um, um, but then you also need variety in a rate on a hundred mile race too, where you're not, you get sick of one thing too. So it, it is a fine balance, but I think he, he also might've just ate a little bit too much. When I was looking at the quantity, comparing it to, to like the Chung, it's seemed like maybe he could have pulled that back a little bit more. Um, but like I said, I mean, you know, right. It's like, it's the number one reason people don't finish these kind of races as the stomach goes. It happens to, to world champions like, you know, Courtney on the women's side, she's had numerous stomach issues in big races before the, um, many others that, you know, it's been the she's same, you know, you've seen eating, over... eating chips and beer in that in races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think with Jay, the, the main thing will be, um, just, uh, experimenting in, 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 in Thailand, especially that's going to be the next big event for him and changing some things up. And hopefully, hopefully we can, he can tweak some things that gives him a stable stomach. Cause he has a, he has no problem in that 80, hundred K distance with his stomach. It's only when you're going that, you know, um, and I've been, I've been in seven day expedition races with Jay where he's had no problems with his stomach. Um, but it's just, when it's running only for so long, it's it it triggers something, some other stress in the body that really yeah. is like nothing else. And you know what I mean? You're going at like a, a faster pace, aren't you? And I, I mean, I suppose you would have been inclimatized yeah. to the altitude, but often that can be an, um, that can have an impact as well. But um, he he was yeah he 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 actually. He was living in Chamonix for a month before. I mean, he had such a good, like, like situation. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, but yeah, you're right. Altitude can totally, you know, um, for, but in his case, I wouldn't have been in. He, he'd been up, you know, many, many times as high or higher than the course. And so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, but what, a, I mean, Jay ended up 55th. He, he found a way. I mean, he was so close to throwing in the towel. Champagne lock, his eyes were just bloodshot. His face was agony. And he'd been running for hours with no fuel. And I just said, Jay, you know, if you need to throw in the towel, it's your decision. There's no pressure, man. But, like, 
just see if you can maybe just walk to the see if you can walk to like not even the next not even the tree on but the four class like it's like a, a sort of a drop off the, before you drop into the, the next assistant point i just said we'll be there and you know walk there let's see if you can like just and, and also in that cp spent like 30 minutes just sitting down like i just just you know let's just like reboot you know because sometimes you just got to completely start over and yeah he slowly pulled back and by the last the last two mountains he i mean he wasn't full power but he ran you know he ran the downhills he ran the flats and he he was you know he was uh what he end up like still like 55th overall and for for asia he was like what i'm just i got a list here one two three four, five, six, he was seventh, seventh top finisher from Asia. Um, Stingray was ninth, uh, ninth. That's including all the Japanese, a lot of Japanese, yeah, Japanese you know, did, really did fairly well. Yeah. That's, that's Japan, Japanese, Chinese. Uh, so. Will he be going for the hundred miler at UTMB Thailand? You know, he, I think, I think it would be good for him because I think it's an opportunity for him on his home turf to really rather than wait a year to, to like experiment with a new diet or whatever he's going to do. I mean, you know, I think it's better. It'd be better for him to sooner than later to experiment with a totally different nutrition plan and to see if he can get, you know, get over the hump, so to speak. Are you going to be out there, Ryan, for the, for the trail championships in Thailand and then, and then UTMB? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll see what happens with the trail champs and kind of how this kind of like the, like I was mentioning earlier, all the quality, the political qualifications with the country associations and all this stuff plays out and whether we really, you know, have a presence there, but, uh, but, but for, for Thailand, UTMB, absolutely. That's, that's a, that's, that's a highlight of the year. Just last year, such a well put together race and such a, they, 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 ho they, they host it so well. And, Chiang Mai is kind of like a second home in Asia for me personally too. So it's, it's like, yeah, I got to be there. Um, nice. For sure. Just, just, just on the politics of it all, like since you mentioned that, like was there much talk in, in Chamonix or has there been much talk about the changes to the rules for entry to UTMB? Cause we're seeing, you know, I was reading an article earlier that was saying it might not be as competitive again, because it's just going to get that much harder, even for the elites to get in. You know, you mentioned Valderan, you've got to now do these qualifying yeah. races to get in. What do you think? This is this is this is a a super important topic. Not just this, but several kind of subtopics on this whole side of things. With with and and I do have a lot of opinions. <laughs> you know, I won't maybe get it, get into like the whole thing in in great detail. But in a nutshell, I think we need to be real careful. I think I mean UTMB is doing something wonderful with with you know really the, the being the de facto world championships for the sport. It's doing. I mean, incredible event, the, like we things we talked about already. It's super special, many years. But at the same time, they've clearly made a power move to almost like monopolize the sport. I think there's a real risk that, that this throws things out of balance if they're not kept in check a little bit. We want to definitely see the smaller and other, other bigger races that are not part of UTMB still flourish and still give racers variety. I'm very disappointed that they are not following the IRT, you know, TRA, uh, the, the ranking um, 
system and they've created their own system. That does not make sense at all to me. I mean, they were involved in the creation of the original ranking system. Why do they need to now go on and make their own? I mean, obviously it's for, it's for selfish reasons to promote their own events, but it just, does, it doesn't do service to the sport. Um, and, uh, and in addition to all that, I'm just, I'm extremely disappointed about the level of um, prize money. These are per, at, at the elite level or for the elite racers. I mean, there should have been a way, way bigger price purse on the line. It wasn't even clear before the race. How, what is the price? For, I'm not even clear now for Sumaya. Like how much is she going to get? It's like, it's just so silly. It's like hidden on the website. It's like, I mean, it's like, it's not even clear. So, I mean, that kind of stuff, it's come on. This is like the sport now has grown to a point. It's professional. It's, um, so it, I have some ideas on, on for the elites. I think that can maybe help them. I'm, I'm just trying, you know, I had some nice talks with some of the Americans and others, um, that hopefully, you know, might help. Um, but I think it's a, the sports in a really you know, critical juncture. Maybe we can talk on a, a future podcast with some others together about this whole side of things, but it's, it's, um, it's a real important time the way where things go this year. And, and, you know, like, so it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think, especially from a, an Asia perspective as well, you could see how, I mean, you mentioned earlier that, you know, Samaya kind of got lucky and that she, she met the right people. She got the opportunity to come and race elsewhere, but you know, if, if your only way into UTMB is to race one of their events, and I think in Asia it's now, what is it, Hong Kong, there's a couple in China and Thailand. If you can't get to those races, which a lot of the talent from, you know, wherever it is, the Philippines, Indonesia, if you can't get there, you're not going to get the chance to shine on that biggest stage. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That's, you know, to, and getting sponsorship for these athletes is kind of a chicken and egg, as you said, like Eng Sumaya and... And they, they didn't really want to know. They hadn't seen her race. They weren't sure what she could do. And it's like they need to get there to prove it to be able to like to be able to get the support. And so, yeah, it takes people like you, Ryan, to sort of to bet on these uh, on these athletes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's um, like I said, I think it's a it's a this is a critical year and things we need to be, you know, I mean, we value, of course, I mean, we value what they're bringing to the table. We value you know, what the level of events they're organizing and, and their ambition and stuff. But at the same time, you have to be, you know, you have to be, you, you got to make sure the the elite athletes are getting um, also benefiting as a sports growing. And, um, um, and at the same time, it's, we don't, we don't want a monopolization of, of where the whole sport is branded by one thing. And you know what I mean? Um, and of course, you know, iron, Iron Man now is involved too. They bought they bought forty percent of UTMB, so they're flush with cash, and they they obviously have you know additional ambitions, probably that and pressures that come from that side. And um, but it's it's not um, this isn't Iron Man, you know. It's not one brand in in one um, in in one in one sport, so to speak. So um, let's. Uh, I think it's going to take a collective effort and that's going to very much include the elite athletes to be able to um, help direct the conversation and, and also put a little bit of pressure to make sure that the sport doesn't just get overtaken by, you know, by one series, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, the same could be said for adventure racing as well and the ARWS and there was uh, yeah, there's been, 
sort of challenges happening there. But I think that itself could be a podcast on its own. And we should definitely pick that discussion up as well, Ryan. But like back to UTMB, outside of your team, what performances blew you away? Like what what were the uh, what what were the what most impressed you on the uh, on the day and, and night? I mean, it was it was <laughs> it was. I mean, one of the big things, of course, was just how the top hundred just you know how they just um, they really decimated each other. <laughs> you know, it was like it was just epic. This the you know the like I think like I was talking to Ding. Ding was the the top mainland Chinese finisher. You know, he you know he finished in twenty three hours and he was twentieth place. Uh, you know, last year he would have been on the po- he would have been on the podium top. Yeah, Chung came sixth uh, with a similar time, right? He was yeah yeah. I mean, every year is different with the weather yeah. and all that too. That was probably that was a hotter year, but. And Chung, you know, and Chung definitely has a, a what it has a faster potential time given now what he's done and stuff. But it, yeah, but it was just it was I mean the risk and the excitement and how people I mean, wow, what a, I mean just the battle up front was something else. Um, and and the the, uh, the attrition that you saw just how many world class, uh, I mean world le- world leading you know, um, stars of the sport how they were just absolutely torn apart and, and broken and oh man it was uh and, and you know and so many of them threw in the towel in the end and and it was it yeah it made for exciting um exciting drama um i i was also really impressed just with i mean one thing that kind of stuck out to me too was there was such a huge contingent from thailand in particular obviously that you know having the race there has helped you know as well but I forget, you have to look at the numbers, but I forget what it was, but I think like, was it like 30 or more, maybe 30 or 40 ties finished the UTMB this year. Um, and, you know, just obviously, you know, taking most of them were, you know, 30 plus hours and, 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 uh, but it just, it's just so cool to see that, that the sport in Asia like that really taking hold and how many would, would take on this, one of the toughest courses, you know, on the planet, 170 kilometers and like, and, and there, I mean, imagine a lot of those racers are from Bangkok. They, they show up here late. They're not fully adjusted the altitude and they're, you know, they're finishing this absolute monster course. Pretty, pretty cool to see. Did you, did you see Esther go through at all, Ryan? I think she finished fifth, right? From Hong Kong. Yeah, no, I know. I, I didn't, I, I, admit, I didn't in the end, no. But um, yeah, great. You know, great result as well. Um, I was trying to think. Was it was it was it fifth? I'm looking at the yeah fifth. Uh, fifth you, you fifth, I, yeah. I think maybe. Sorry. Yeah, she finished fifth. In CCC or UTMB? UTMB. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. So, I mean, it, that, that's, that was just really cool to see a country like Thailand. That's um, a lot of people wouldn't realize, you know, how much the sport has grown there, but such a, that's such a great example. And just to show in Asia, how, or to show the world and like what's happening in Asia. And, and you guys are, you know, well, know, you know, being in Asia, that just like the number of races now and un, unbelievable in Thailand that are, that are over a hundred kilometers or more. And, and 
the thousands of people joining each race and um, you know, et cetera. But the, they definitely, they definitely did themselves proud um, at this, uh, uh, this year of UTMB. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Ryan. It's been great hearing, uh, hearing your experiences and, and the positivity. I mean, I'm sure that there's a, a certain amount of disappointment from, from Chung Jay and, and Stingray, like especially given at halfway, they were in the sort of top 20. Um, but what a competitive year. I mean, obviously Killian's performance that the top five, top six were just, you know, Tom Evans from the UK. And uh, yeah, it was just unbelievable to, to see that. So, um, I uh, yeah, and I take it the team will be back again next year. There's going to be a you like what what are the main changes that you're going to be taking into 2023? Yeah, I think um, uh, I think I mean Samaya for sure. She she I mean she's she's so you know with her success here and all that, she's going to be so hungry to to be part of this again. Um, with the guys, I think I, you know, Chung has, has, you know, three, three editions in a row. Let's see those, you know, he, he's really enjoying with his career kind of focusing a little bit more on, um, on not just racing and, you know, gi giving back more with his coaching and all that and what he's doing with the youth in Hong Kong. Um, but also on some of this, you know, these project endless like expedition runs, he's going to, He's going to have, I think, probably a couple of those next year, in, you know, for in, as far as on his for his focus, um, uh, maybe maybe Taiwan and maybe uh, in the States or somewhere else. So awesome. that I think is, is. Yeah. And then I know Stingray's Stingray's so hungry to come back and have a have a good race. And Jay and Jay, too, you know, Jay's Jay's had kind of bad luck for three different years here. And I've always said, you know, Jay's I mean. People have no, I mean, I, having Jay is the one, one athlete on the team I've raced because of his adventure race uh, background and being so, you know, um, on the team for over 12 years, I've, and, and I've raced together with him in so many situations, you know, mountain bike, uh, trail run and, and adventure racing, right. I mean, the guy is so world-class and his, I know, you know, his age, he, Jay's 37 now, he one of these years he's going to have the race of his life and, and show the world like his true level for mountain running. Um, I mean, he, he already has of course in Asia and stuff and he has on the adventure racing circuit, but I think, I think he's, I think here he's still, um, he's still eager to show, you know, what, what he can do. And he just, he's had, you know, you, you need a bit of good luck too to add this kind of a race. I mean, no matter what, um, and, uh, so yeah, he's, uh, that's kind of, you know, you know, Jay, um, so it's a, uh, yeah, Thailand will be, Thailand will be our big focus in December. And then, um, and then we'll, you know, like we said earlier too, kind of see what's happening with the rest of the, of the, um, with the UTMB developments and their whole series and all that, but also try to really make a point to, to look at what other events outside of that too might be, um, good to support not just for the athletes but also for the for the organizers yeah yeah beautiful look ryan we're uh yeah we love following the team massive uh massive congratulations to everyone but uh, samaya just what a what a performance like 23 years old i'm like the i honestly she's the next superstar runner like after mirai coming out of nepal and uh and yeah can't wait to see what um 
what the team help her do. And like, I love the way that with her, like having a team around her just can help her get to the next level. So yeah, keep it up, mate. Enjoy your last few days in, um, in uh in the outs before you head back to prison in hong kong i know you've only got three days quarantine actually it's all right this time i know you've done a couple of quarantines over the last few years so this one will be a piece of cake for you mate well i'm, I'm actually going to oregon first for a couple of weeks so okay. <laughs> but yeah I, i'll be back in october and no th- thank you guys so much you know it's great to um it's it's great what you're doing with the podcast and love being part of it and like I said earlier, I just want to rem- remind um, the viewers again, probably this weekend or in a few days' time, we're going to have a great, nice video kind of recapping, not just the race itself, but kind of a little bit more to what happens behind the scenes with the support and stuff. So it's fun to – it's a unique animal. You know, there's 15 of us here involved this year, and it's nice to um, – it's nice for people to see, like, to really have them have your best chance of success here, how important it is to have, you know, uh, a whole team involved um, in the process. And so anyway, yeah, like I said, our, a, a short video that will be out soon um, if you on our um, on our YouTube. So yeah. maybe your, you can plug, plug that later. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. The North Face Adventure Racing Team. Um, so you got some incredible content on there, like all really well shot, really well done. You've got some great videographers that work with you as well. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, Ryan, nice one. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on, mate. Appreciate it. Speak soon. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks, guys. Cheers. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Mr. Rick Stockfish, mate, how good was it catching up with Ryan then? Yeah, what a sound bloke and what an amazing weekend they had. Yeah, I thought I was expecting him to be like a bit disappointed, but he's he's actually just got his brilliant energy. You can see what he's a great leader, right? He's like. Yeah, you know, and he's he's been there at like a lot of the checkpoints, seeing what they've gone through, and like the fact that they all finished like so. What was it? 80th of place for um uh for for Stingray. Oh no, sorry, Jay. Jay, Jay was fifty fifth. Yeah, Stingray Jay was fifty fifth, wasn't he? And then and then thirty third for Chung. Like, I mean, f- what like still incredible performances in a year where it was. Uh, yeah, it was just a crazy place. Yeah, top, top 100 for all three and the wheels fell off for all of them in different ways is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. And then I think, as, as we said, like, I mean, St. Maya, just the, like the, the, the standout star of the weekend, um, not just for, for, for Ryan's team, but, you know, in, in kind of in the eyes of the world. And I, I just love that he's been kind of like bankrolling her a little bit as well. It reminds me of, and, and I know I go on a lot about mixed martial arts a lot, but... Um, there's a there's a guy in in um, in the UK Edwards who just won the welterweight championship, and uh, his agent came on and got an interview after, and he was like, look, no one wanted to sponsor him, you know, he wasn't um, uh, he wasn't getting any sponsorship, and he's like, he and then he won like the championship with a head right? kick, yeah, yeah. and uh, and he's like, price has gone up, people, he's like, right, the you know, he's gonna, and he's like just an absolute, he's uh, just an absolute superstar now, and it's um. And she will be a superstar. Like I've got no doubt. If you think of the following Mira Rai has, like, and and she and she's also and she like smashed a Mira Rai at the hundred k at the UT, UTMB Thailand like by three hours, three four hours. Like that goes to show the level she finishes like podium of the entire race. I can't wait to see what she does over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you know what? Like conversely, we talked about how you know the new UTMB system might not work 
to everyone's advantage. But actually, by limiting the number of races, you might actually start to see more of the the European, the American talent coming out to Asia for some of those races and competing with the likes of Samaya and Jay at UTMB Thailand, which is yeah, which is clearly kind of fast establishing itself as you know up there in the in the top top echelons of the sport. I mean, it's so funny. I was just thinking back um, to us going out to, yeah. with, with, with Sebastian um, uh, Petro. And uh, so he's race directing it still, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, because like, he, he'd been trying to get it off the ground for years, right? And, yeah. and suddenly, like, you know, Thailand by UTMB is a real thing. And We, we must uh, have a chat <laughs> with him, uh, have a chat with him again. And um, but, Well, yeah, uh, if, we, if we can get up there for the, for the World Champs in November and then, you know, and or UTMB in, when is it, December? Yeah. Let's, let's get him back on. Yeah, but I mean, back to the pointy end of UTMB. The, I, I mean, seeing being British, but seeing Tom Evans uh, get on the podium, like, I oh, just such an incredible. And hearing, I I was watching the interviews with um with Zach Zach that Miller, and uh, and and they were like had this crazy bromance going on. They ran together for a hundred k, and they just pulled each other through, and they they both um uh like called up with Jim Walmsley and they kind of said oh look we'll if we if we get into the third spot we'll cross the finish line together and uh well yeah, yeah I, was, I was telling you yesterday Zach's become a bit of a hero of mine as, as, a, as another miserable bastard who's been complaining about his injuries for for two or three years the fact that he's he's been wrestling with with foot injuries himself and as you know he won CCC I think both him and Tom Evans have won CCC before he won it in 2015 or so 2017 maybe um but to come back and, and kind of just miss out on the podium at UTMB is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Tom Evans, kind of my, my other favourite endurance athlete from the UK at the moment is Tom Pidcock. Yeah. And I'm sure so he, went, he, yeah, he yeah. did the Alpe d'Huez. He like won, won that stage, which is the most iconic climb in the Tour de France. And he absolutely smashed everyone. Uh, and he's like, he obviously won the um, cross-country mountain biking uh, at the Olympics. He recently won the European Championships. He just came fourth in the World Championships after having a crash when he was like winning the whole thing. But I mean, I know this is we're talking about Asia, but I'm a, we're both Brits, and uh, and seeing Tom Evans step up to be like, he, I mean, from an army background, but he's going to be a top top athlete for many years to come it's uh it's pretty inspiring to see um see people coming out of um, the uk as well um there was a who's the guy that that trained in thailand a lot as well um henry no sorry um he was based up in chiang mai for a for oh a, um harry jones harry jones yeah. and he uh he dnf'd in the i think he got like 140 145k and then had a uh, a bit of a tough time at, at, at the end um but yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, you're saying that, that there was um, a lot of Japanese um, uh, runners that did really well in the race, and uh, yeah, no, it's a it's, it's a good one to um, to to follow. I think uh, it's this feels like the best year yet that I've I've been following it the last few years. But. Yeah, and I think that, that attention is only going to be a good thing, right? You've got you know more and more people talking about it. You've got the first sub twenty, you know, kind of Killian coming in as sort of I mean, almost almost becoming a sort of older statesman of the sport at thirty. Uh, three however old he is i mean he's the goat right he is the when you consider that he also did the sort of the traverse of the of everest as well he's not just been doing trail running like he is he's the endurance goat and and i think the last time he won it was like 10 or 12 years ago or something yeah it's his fourth win wasn't it it's interesting i mean ryan was saying and we'll come on to it in a minute just talking about your own your own miler coming up but you know, there's something there's something uniquely challenging about that sort of distance, and you know, particularly after the 100k mark, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But Killian does seem 
somewhat immune to that somehow. I mean, he does yeah. not. He doesn't win every single race he enters, but but more or less every race he enters. And it, you'd be very surprised to just hear that the wheels had come off and he couldn't finish. Yeah, um, he just seems to. Well, just, he just had have COVID before it yeah. as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, hearing as you say about Ryan that going from the hundred to one hundred and sixty, it's just a different. Uh, it's a different sport. It really is, and that's why I was sort of interested of like you know Stingray like stepping up to the hundred. Like, is that his distance? And you know, by his performance at UTMB Thailand, it could be. Um, but yeah, I'm heading up to Vietnam for uh, for VMM in a in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so we've we've had David on before, haven't we? The, yeah. the race director there. And this is I think their first the first time doing the miler there for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the first uh, 100 mile distance. Apparently the first 32k is extremely extremely technical over part of the route, but so yeah, you look you look like you've put in a decent training block with sort of under the under Tomo's guidance, but what's what's that look like? Like what have you done differently and how have you felt through that process? Yeah, it's been like really consistent. Uh, I mean, I also had had COVID before, and then, uh, but then I've had a pretty much two and a half month tra- training block. So, um, I'm running almost every day. I mean, I, I actually, it's really interesting. He's a great coach, Tomo, because I, I basically said, look, this is kind of what I want to do. It's like, okay, let's that, let's make it work. And I, and, and talking to and, Andy on the, listened back to his podcast as well. He's like the best coaches are the ones that just fit everything around your uh, your sort of like lifestyle and the yeah. time you have spare so for me it's been um the so monday is uh, is is a rest day and then tuesday i'll do repeats at fort canning so i do six or seven repeats at fort canning two minutes up two minutes down uh and then wednesday rest day Thursday would have been in um, two 20 minutes endurance runs so like 4:30 pace um which is like in hot singapore to begin with was real tough like now i can do that at like my yeah it goes to show the improvement i had um but now he's got me doing that on a treadmill so i do 15 minutes at 10 percent on a treadmill interestingly kitamura son who's been absolutely smashing it on the uh, uh the asia trail um mass um has he's been winning a load of races recently he uh someone got to speak to him at the end of um i forget which race it was but he um he said he's done almost all of his training on a treadmill. Just does like just purely treadmill training. So yeah, anyway, like Thomas got me doing an hour treadmill with fifteen minutes at like six uh like five minute thirty pace at ten percent. Friday rest and then Saturday's the big day. I'll do uh and it's all on timing, so it'll be seven hours and uh and that's race specific, so doing it at a similar elevation. So for me it's like around Bukatima. And then, th- and then Sunday night, I get out for a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour endurance run, so like a road flat run. So that back-to-back is quite important for the kind of fatigue. Um, but, I mean, you hear about... I mean, obviously, they're professional athletes, but doing... Stingray's been doing... Um, what was it? Say, it 200, 200 kilometres yeah, 10,000 metres. elevation yeah. a week. Like, that's, that's... I mean, so I've been doing around 120 to 125 at the peak, like, the last sort of three weeks... Um, but yeah, I suppose if I if 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 I didn't have work and, and, well, and family, you know, then you could probably. Sound, it. it sounds like they were a bit overtrained or not tapered enough. So yeah, maybe maybe you've nailed it. What are you expecting from the race? Like, what's what's the course like? 
so as I say, the first 30 to 40k, from what I understand from David and from Trung as well. Who Trung, shout out to Trung, also did UTMB. He got entry as the top trail runner out of uh, out of Singapore. He's a, he's a Singapore nationality, even though he's Vietnamese uh, ethnicity. And he, uh, oh mate, he's such a legend, that guy. But he finished, um, he did end up finishing, had real troubles, similar, after 100k, um, wasn't able to eat anything for the last 70k. And still managed to sort of gut it out. I think he said he got halfway in around 18 hours. Um, sorry, no, 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 no. I think it was like a, he was, uh, yeah, he was on for like a sort of 32 hours or something, uh, like halfway. But um, but yeah, stomach troubles. But his support crew forced him to carry on, and I think he finished in like 34, th- or yeah, or 38 or something. What What are you doing for nutrition? What's your? I mean, it's my biggest worry really because I haven't really so i'm using tailwind and i'm sort of going back to my adventure racing food of just having like stuff that i want to eat and and the good thing about this race uh the vmm is you actually go through the same checkpoint where you have a drop bag like four times so i can basically just leave out an array of food and similar to different different loops in between the checkpoint exactly yeah so it's near the the eco lodge which we were supposed to be staying at the Topaz Eco Lodge, but they had a storm come through and it's damaged all the bungalows. So like we're getting put up down in Sapa now. So we're in the main city. Um, but yeah, I will be tailwind and then it'll be a mixture of like some sweets, some uh, salty stuff like crisps and stuff. Um, and I will, uh, I'll have like nuts and like things like cliff bars and uh, I'm going to have like an assortment. I'm not sure what I'm, because I haven't really been... I do all my training fasted, pretty much. And it's only really on my long runs that I've been having a bit of tailwind halfway through. So it's kind of my biggest uh, my biggest concern. The weather's going to be pretty good up there, though. It's going to be 24 degrees down to sort of 15, like 15 or so. Um, so that will definitely be a bit easier. Well, you'll have, you'll have some pretty spectacular scenery to take your mind off things when they... Start yeah. going south, and and I think like I mean, I've, tempting four trails. I've done. I've I've run over 170 kilometers like a couple of times in one go. So I know I can do it. Um, yeah, I will just we'll see. But I I stupidly signed up for the Perth Marathon in October, so I'm going to go and uh, give that a bash. Um, I just yeah, I, I've been doing okay on my endurance runs, so I think I can probably do like a 310 315 or something so i'm just like i'll parlay this fitness into i'll have three or four weeks and change. and then last night um the wife doesn't know this yet but i've just signed up for hurt 100 in uh in uh honolulu in uh in hawaii um uh yeah that'd I be amazing get... tomo's old stomping ground yeah when's so that it, when's that it's the 15th of jan uh and so tomo's back again this year this will be like his 12th 10th or 11th time and he's been on like podium a few times and uh so yeah it's it's a i was chatting to andre earlier actually he said he's that he he only managed two loops and i'm like fuck <laughs> if you only manage two loops there's no hope for me but he said he kind of underestimated it he uh he sort of had just come back off doing the grand slam in the us and he's like 100 milers i eat for breakfast and then and he just said hurts a different beast um You've got so many exit points when you're just doing loops. There's five loops of the same trail. Um, Good, yeah. mate. Well, you're gonna. I'm sure you'll smash it and uh, 
look forward to hearing more about it after the event yeah i hope so i mean uh yeah i mean for me it's like finish you know is the is the priority i haven't we haven't got the course yet to plan out my timings but i think sort of 20 like sub 30 hours would be uh is, is the goal and you've got you've got jean Henri there and a few other people that will be able to yeah i'm looking forward to running with jean Henri. he's had a bit of a calf issue i hope he's just resting it now i hope he's going to be going to be good for it but um uh yeah no it'll be fun i'm hoping i'm going to convince trung to come and uh um give me uh some pacing for the last 34 okay because i think he's going to run a shorter distance so um but yeah you you back out mate you back out running i am i am the zach miller of singapore i'm back out running uh podium yeah yeah Yeah, no slowly but surely but uh yeah that's maybe a chat for another podcast just the the mental lows you go to when you can't run but yeah god you're grateful when you do get back out there so yeah, so good. man. Now it's time to get a race in the diary, so then you can yeah. get. Yeah, well, as the, as the world's reopening, right? We're we got we got to get back out there. there there's plenty. Uh, there's plenty going on, but yeah, awesome. That was fun, man. It was really good to chat with Ryan and, uh, and good to catch up again. Good stuff so. and uh, and good luck, mate. Yeah, thanks, pal. Cheers. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining, cause things ain't that bad.